Hey, hello, Open Lines Radio family. Welcome back to Open Lines Radio. Hey, all right, so here's where we're at. I, I apologize for the lack of new content. However, when I started out doing this, I always wanted to make sure that that Open Lines Radio didn't become something that became too much, more that I can handle. And there's a lot going on in life right now. And there's a lot going on with um, a lot of the Open Lines Radio personalities in life right now. And so we're just kind of chilling. There are some new, um, there is some new content coming out. You get absurdist astrology still. Tess is still out there active. I've got some new things I'm working on with some people that hopefully will be coming out in the next uh, little bit. And also, uh, nobody asked uh, with Doug. We'll be back probably two more weeks. Probably two more weeks, and we'll be back into regular new episodes weekly. Uh, we've we've both needed this little break, but okay. So here's what we have now. Here's what we have today. This is Through the Greenhouse Haze. This is an encore, special encore presentation. Here, this is what you get. Without When we don't have the new content, you're going to get some really special old, especially curated by me for you. And this episode of Through the Greenhouse Haze, goes. This was, this was the second episode that was broadcast on Open Lines Radio. Now, the origin of Through the Greenhouse Haze goes back way back before Open Lines Radio existed. Holly and I used to sit out in the greenhouse and we'd just be shooting the shit and I would just hit record on my phone and set it up there. Most of the time, she didn't even know I was recording. It would just record. And we'd put that out. And I'm going to tell you, those episodes are lost episodes. I don't know. I can't even remember where we would publish them to. I can't find them on a hard drive anywhere. So, but those, that's where it started. We'd sit out in the greenhouse. We'd just be talking and I'd record and she would unbeknownst to her, we'd be recording here on open lines radio. We've gone through some different phases. You'll, you'll hear us mentioning how uh, the microphone didn't work very well in episode one. And, and uh, we, we've, we've gone through different technology. We're no longer, I'm no longer uh, a recording her on my phone and, and sneaking and without her knowing, but now now we sit down and there's some more structure to it. And you know, as of late, there hasn't really been a whole lot of structure to it. Not like there used to be. Not like when you listen to this. It used to be Holly would come prepared. She'd have a topic. We'd cover it. She's I don't know. She's a wealth of knowledge. I don't know where she pulls it from. I've never met a smarter person in my life. I've never met somebody with more knowledge at it that she can just pull out of thin air. So we said, but, but, you know, recently she, she had a stroke. She, um, had, had a seizure where she hit a phone pole in her car. So she's been dealing with some things and we've been just kind of using through the greenhouse aids to just kind of talk about life. But I'm going to talk to her about getting back to, you, you know, these little stories that she tells. They're so great. She's such a great storyteller. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on. I'm going to just, let's just go to it. Um, this is through the greenhouse haze from, March 23rd, 2019, and I hope you enjoy it. Listen back to last week's episode of Through the Greenhouse Haze, the very first episode. Did you listen back? 
Um, I listened for about 10 seconds and got totally upset. Last week's Through the Greenhouse Haze really was like um, listening through the haze. <laughs> but here's what happened. I There's these different... We have this kind of cheap ball microphone thing, and there's these different settings. And I, ch- I switched up the settings thinking it would help with the two of us talking to each other, and what I really did was make it worse. It was like uh, a Lana Del Rey concert. <laughs> It's like how you can't hear anything. Can you understand how it starts to feel like a conspiracy against me, though, whenever I actually get up the nerve to, like, be recorded, it always goes to shit because I'm so glitchy? Stop. That one with Tanya glitched terribly. It's like the timing went all caddy wa- It starts to feel like it's me. Maybe it is you. All right. What are you gonna do about it? Well, I don't. I just keep trying. I just keep coming back, and eventually they're gonna let me through the airwaves. There's apparently some metaphysical resistance to my speaking. <laughs> well, I'm gonna just say that, like, through the greenhouse haze is just an independent podcast, netcast, whatever you want to call it. And Open Lines Radio is this independent network of podcasts. And like, there's no advert, like people who are listening don't have to like suffer through advertising and, and shit like that. So it's like, it's whatever. That's what you get for free. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've been, I was, I was thinking back, um, we've actually been doing greenhouse haze like that's not a we had a preliminary version of that years ago but i think we were just like recording them in the greenhouse and like putting them on soundcloud but like they're not there anymore and that's okay i don't want anybody to go searching for them anyway you made me take them all down i know that's why i don't want anybody going back to find them either it's all right they're not there good they don't let me speak. They're not gonna. They're not gonna find those old archives too. <laughs> That's where I'm at with that. But. Well, they were hard to hear too because we were just recording to just a voice recorder. Like we just we'd get into a conversation and we would just turn on that voice recorder. Yeah, I was channeling a lot back then. I was channeling a lot, so it's it was a different different vibe. Different time, a different place, different energy. Yes, exactly. But you could say that about any time, I think. Fair enough. So, what's new? Um, well, you know, same old, same old weird shit rattling around my head. What about you? Same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to put the things that are going through my head into words anymore. I, like, see this picture. It's like I see this picture, and I have, like, this feeling that it would just be so badass if I could just put this feeling into words and it's just like there just aren't any wish I could just take the image in my head and just play it like a movie wow that's pretty different for you you're a wordsmith of sorts something how strange well maybe something new's a brewing something new's always a brewing always 
what's been rattling around in your brain? Well, I'm you've, on to new conspiracy. You've been doing a lot of uh, <laughs> YouTube conspiracy wormhole falling. Yeah, into. yeah, I have. It's it's. Uh, see, my mind's already blown. I'm trying to connect the dots in a way to make it verbal, and my mind's getting blown. Um, so remember how, like, a long time ago, I was like. I think I said it on, it was a, either a hobo safe camp or something that um, I put like our old address into Google and all of a sudden it was like, turn on Rancho Bavaria, but there's like no street there and there's no street called Rancho Bavaria anywhere up there. And I was like super weird or whatever. And then everywhere that day I kept seeing Bavaria everywhere. They were like, would you like a Bavarian cream pie? And it was like, all of these things were just like Bavaria, Bavaria all over for like a week and then I kind of I don't know but I made a note of it is the weird thing so then I'm cleaning the garage last night and I find a bunch of my old magic gear and I get all inspired and I do a little ritual and I call in some angels and then I start to have thoughts last night and so I start googling and I start connecting the dots I've talked before on some other podcast too about um, Anna Kingsford and how like sometimes I would get communications from her channeled or whatever and she's she's kind of a I'm interested in her and her the history and and all of anything Anna Kingsford related because um, she's like my favorite psychic assassin do you remember that one the psychic assassin yeah so she she grew up in like the Victorian England thing and um, her her maiden name was Annie Bonus and she was you know a precocious child and all this but like she began to see things and have um, different visions and she started writing them down like very young and you know by the time she passed on she was a very accomplished author she wrote all kinds of books on um, like preliminary vegetarianism. She was like the first person to really like speak out against animal cruelty. And this was like Victorian times. This is when they were like doing vivisections and um, terrible things to animals in the name of, of science and terrible things to humans. I mean, that's when they used to like drill a hole in your head to let the headache go away. <laughs> like, so um, she, she wrote, she was a, vegetarian a spiritualist she you know had communications with angels she wrote a lot of religious workings but she was also like this huge women's rights campaigner she was the first woman in london to have like her own newspaper published but it closed after two years because she refused like to run an ad for something that she didn't believe in and the only ads that were willing to buy space or you know companies that were willing to buy ad space were um not cruelty free or you know that she just didn't like their vibe so she lost her paper over it but um, she goes to medical school in Paris a privileged life for a woman really to uh, she gets to go she was like the first woman to ever obtain a medical degree without ever experimenting on an animal she was the second one to get her doctorate but like the first one to ever do it without hurting anyone one being animals or whatever so um, she 
had a pen pal, Edward Maitland, in the United States, and he would travel back and forth, but she was always keeping him informed of everything that she was doing. So she goes to medical school. She writes Edward this letter. She's like, it's the worst thing. I'm literally in hell. This is so terrible. Um, the things they do to these animals, it haunts me, and they're rude to me, too. Like, they won't write my name down on the class ledger, and the guy said, you're not either a man or a woman. I'm not even going to write your name in the books. And she was frustrated, and she says, I feel like God's calling on me to kill Claude Bernard. He was like the main vivisectionist guy. He was the one teaching the classes. And she tells Edward she's going to conjure a psychic lightning bolt and take him out. And she does. It works. She, he's, he dies like hours later she's, of a mysterious she illness. She shot a psychic lightning bolt into Adam? And then she fainted. And was sick for days. But he died. They still, he was a doctor surrounded by doctors in medical school. They still, like, call this death inexplicable somehow. So she writes to Edward, you know, it, it's, it was a success. Like, it made me pretty sick, but I killed him with my psychic lightning bolt. And he's like, I don't doubt you, whatever. She goes, I'm going to take care of Dr. Burt next. I'm going to take out Paul Burt with my psychic lightning bolt. And she tries to, of course, like, get persuade people to change their minds before she psychically assassinates them, but they don't, so she kills Paul Burt in the same way. With the psychic lightning bolt? Yep. It's documented. So he's gone too. And uh, that's when she kind of goes into a more religious life. She gets, um, she joins the Theosophical Society because they were kind of the up-and-coming vegetarian movement of the time. Um, but Blavatsky had like this huge problem with her. Call Blavatsky wrote letters to like everyone in the society and like she's so obnoxious, she's so haughty, she's so, I just can't stand her. So Blavatsky's at war with her immediately. She's like, forget it then, I won't be in the Theosophical Society anymore, I'm going to start my own. And she opens the Hermetic Society. Blavatsky. Anna. Anna Kingsford. As a response to the Theosophical Society. She starts the Hermetic Society. Um, the Hermetic Society is actually the precursor of the original Golden Dawn that Aliester Crowley like eventually kind of took over later. But um, she was the founder of the like the precursor to it. Um, so then she's she gains more well, psychic is, prowess. Well, what is the I'm getting Hermetic to Hermetic Society all about. Well, it's the Golden Dawn, basically. But she, I mean, but who, like, is it like a group? Yeah, it's a group of people. They got together. They did religious studies, ceremonial magic, psychic practice and exercises, um, did community things, and um, just, you know, society stuff. Does that make sense? General society General stuff. society stuff. Okay. So... She's working on all that. She's got a pretty full plate or whatever. She hears about the horrible crimes of Louis Pasteur and what he does to animals in his testing. And so she's like, I guess I'm going to have to get out my good old lightning bolt and um, 
She, of course, tries to get him to change his ways or this. He won't. She is lurking around London in the fog and the rain. This huge rainstorm comes up, soaks her. She's, like, out in the rain a mile or so from home. She tries to run home. It doesn't matter. She's already caught pneumonia, and she's dead fairly soon after that. Before she could Before take she, care but of business she went, with Louis Pasteur. She goes to kill Louis Pasteur. And this freak rainstorm gives her pneumonia, and she dies before she can kill Louis Pasteur. But had she killed Louis Pasteur? Could you imagine what diseases we would still be dealing with as humans? Yeah, but had you she just succeeded? said, too, that he was a ter- doing terrible things. He so was. Like, what, does, does the means justify the end? I, I don't want to be the judge we'll on that because I mean how many how many lives have been saved because he didn't die that day. So do you think it was maybe uh, divine intervention or maybe uh, maybe it was Blavatsky it's, interfering and I taking mean, her out it, before she could take when out you Pastor. hear these crowds of people they were hanging out with anyway okay. I'm going to get into this deeper. This is where it gets weird. So, um going to get deeper? This gets even weirder. So, how do I how do I lead into this? The credited founder of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn as it's currently I think currently titled um is listed as this woman Anna Sprengel. Sprengel in German means church or community or parish or whatever. So um, in the origin story of the Golden Dawn is basically that the hidden brotherhood of the Rosicrucians encoded in a cipher the address of in Bavaria of this woman, Anna Sprengel, who would subsequently tell the brethren, everything they needed to know about how to move the society forward. When you put Anna Springle into Google, the first picture that comes up is Anna Kingsford. Anna Springle Wikipedia page describes her as the possible love child between King Ludwig I of Bavaria and stage dancer Lola Montez. Legitimate? Yeah. <laughs> he was the king. So here's, okay, let's talk about Lola Montez. Lola Montez is a quote unquote Spanish dancer who um, comes onto the scene in London and she's doing the, the spider dance, the tarantilla, where like kind of creep up your leg with your big fluffy skirts and then you get into high kicks and. and Everyone usually loves it. So this chick shows up in London. She's dancing on the stage under this name, Lola Montez. And someone in the crowd goes, that's, that's Mrs. James. And suddenly she's exposed in London as being a divorcee, married to Captain James. Um, her actual name is Eliza Gilbert, and she's from Limerick, Ireland. 
how did it get to this point? Like, it's super weird. So, she's not doing well in London with her, with her Spanish dancing, Irish fusion. She takes off to India. They weren't she, ready for it yet. They weren't ready for it. She'll come back around to London once she gets her... It's it's wild. So she does all these. They were too traditional. Right. She gets basically chased out of London, and um, marries another young soldier. They go to India for a while. She kind of grew up in India after her family moved from Ireland, so she was happy to go back to India. <clears throat> she takes this guy's money. The marriage fails. She's trying to decide what to do. She decides she's going to go. Not back to London, but just on a full tour of Europe. She's starting to gain notoriety for her wild ways and her seductive dancing and the fact that she'll just sit at a bar and just knock them back with the men. They love her. She's, um, she's... This is Mrs. James. Mrs. James. Yes, Mrs. James. And, uh, because once, yeah, once they recognized her. So she goes... She's on a tour of Europe. She's gaining notoriety. She's dancing in these theaters. One of the stage um, hands or whatever, like, says, oh, you know who would really love this? Like, we're, tr- we're trying to entertain the czar of Russia. We should bring Lola in. He'll love it. So she goes to dance for the czar of Russia. And uh, it goes well. She gets in good with those guys. She then goes to Dresden. And that's where she meets Franz Liszt at the height of his popularity. This was like in the same couple of months that Listomania was taking place. He was such a moving composer that it was like Beatlemania. Like they were losing their mind over this. Hundreds of years before. Over these piano concertos. Yeah, like women were just like. And people were describing it as religious experience, as like transcending, you know, taking them to other worlds. And so she hooks up with Litz at this point. And he's a notor- he's a very good looking guy. He's like notoriously a womanizer, has his pick. He hooks up with Lola, puts out some of his best work ever. She gets bored with him and <laughs> Um, they both start drinking too much. So then they're at a big dinner party. This is kind of where it ends with Litz. They're at a big dinner party. All the nobility, all the heads of Europe are there. And Litz gives the speech, but he's drunk from fighting with Lola, who, by the way, I don't think I brought this up. She was known to carry like a bullwhip with her wherever she went. That was like how she kept men off that she didn't want anything to do with. She just, she had been documented as bullwhipping police she's she's a rough and rowdy she's gal a badass yeah yeah but she's in no way a spanish dancer but <laughs> it's, it's crazy so um he's giving the speech he thanks ever all the heads for being there but he forgets france and the french nobility are insulted and they start yelling and everyone starts fighting and it's this big Everyone starts Bruh-ha-ha. fighting at the at the table, okay? So Lola wants to save the moment for her man Litz. She jumps up on the table and goes into high can-can kicks, kicks a hot bowl of soup into the lap of one of the captains and is, like, dragged away or whatever. So that night, Litz is like, I got to get away from her. He waits till she's asleep, 
locks her in the hotel room, creeps down the stairs and pays the guy at the hotel like extra money to like keep her there as long as he can so Liz can get away and to repair whatever she will eventually break. He knows her well enough to know she's going to wake up, he's going to be gone, she's going to fly into a rage with her bullwhip break shit. He's paid in advance and he's on his way to Switzerland where he joins a monastery. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. That sounds made up. I know, I know, and that's only half of it. Okay, so she is like gets over list or whatever and decides she's going to head to... Um, Where'd she go next? She goes to Warsaw. She meets a prince there. He's like, I'm into you. Come stay with me. I'll hook you up with a house. She just doesn't like him. So she's like, no, turns him down. She's asleep in her room. And the police, like the, um, what was he the prince of? Prussia or something. I know she was in Warsaw. I don't know. She like got around. So she turns him down flat. He sends the police to bring her in on some bullshit charges and try to scare her into staying with him. She won't have it. She pulls a pistol. She's ditched the bullwhip. She's ditched the bullwhip. Now she's got a gun. She pulls a pistol and, like, gets out of that immediate situation, runs to the theater, gets on the stage, does her spider dance. Does some high kicks. Does some spider dance and gets the crowd warmed up grabs the mic and proceeds to humiliate this prince and tell the entire audience about how she was interrogated and kept captive by fake police because she didn't want to be with him and it incites a riot and they like revolt because they already hated this dude. They didn't like the prince. So they're in upheaval. But they like the dancer. But they like the dancer. She's out of there. She's like, my work here is done. The prince is done. They all hate him anyway. Um, she moves on. She ends up in Paris. She starts hanging out with Bohemians. Everything's good. She's got a good group of people there. She meets this guy. She actually really likes him. They get engaged. By now, she's gaining her reputation as a sharp lady with a pistol. She would go target shooting. She'd obliterate these targets. Um, this made her fiancé feel emasculated. So he, trying to impress her, agrees to a duel. And a she's, duel. And she's like, I really don't want you to duel. For once, like, don't duel for me. I really like you. He gets shot. He dies. She's upset. She flees back to London and has a brief hookup with Alexander Dumas. <laughs> no, no kidding. No kidding. Of uh, Three Musketeers mm -hmm. fame. Yep. So she, you Count know, Monte Cristo. Yeah, hangs out with him for a little while, and it gets old. So she's off to Munich. Now she's in Munich. She wants the main stage. The theater guy is like, no, we don't just hand over the main stage to every high kicker that comes through here. And <laughs> um, she's like, well. I ain't every high kicker. I ain't every high kicker up in here. So if you don't want to help me, I'll just find a way. She finds a way. She gets, you know, through the pipeline to the king. She wants a private audience with the king, Ludwig I of Bavaria. Supposedly Anna Springle's kingly father. 
And Mrs. Jones is the mother. Mrs. James. James. Actually, Mrs. Gilbert. Mrs. Gilbert. She's been married so many times now, it's... Or at least close to. Anyway, who even knows what she... Um, so she she wants to see the king. She gets a private audience with the king. She's all... She's dressed in this... Um, she dressed up as a dandy. So she's got like a big old ruffly um, thing coming out of like a little tailored coat and a top hat or whatever. And he is just completely smitten with her and her huge bust. And so he asks some, ter- like the first thing he ever says to her is like, staring at her tits, he goes, is that artifice or nature? Basically, are they real? And so she tears off the little fluffy kerchief she's wearing, pops open her jacket, and sticks them in his face. And they're together ever since. Um, they, she, he gives her half the kingdom. She becomes the duchess. He's married. He wants it annulled. He wants to give her a duchess title so that they can get married. Um, she's living in the villa. She's taken over, and everyone starts the chatter about around Bavaria is that she's the control. Like, she's actually the king of Bavaria now. This, the can-can kicker has become the king of Bavaria and is running shit, and she doesn't like the conservative agenda. She doesn't like Jesuits. She doesn't like what they're doing. She wants liberal reforms. She wants everything loosened. Um, she wants to have a good time. Ludwig of the First, too, also, by the way, is um, the founder of Oktoberfest. He likes a good time, too. <laughs> he likes a good time, too. Anyway, they start having a good time, but the country's falling apart. Uh, there's a riot in the college, and she orders that the college be closed. This gets even worse, incites a bigger riot, um, and the king is soon facing abdication of the throne. So now everyone's in revolt. She's done it again. He abdicates the throne, and she's gone. She's gone. She heads to America for a new tour of America, where she ends up in San Francisco writing and producing a play called Lola Montez in Bavaria. Interesting. Wild, huh? Yeah. And she is buried in Brooklyn under the name of Eliza Gilbert. But now she is the mother of... Anna this is all Springle. Springle, but who's Anna Springle? The mysterious woman I hidden know, by like, the Rosicrucian. That's that's what's known of her. She founded the Golden Dawn, and she's the illegitimate love child of Ludwig and Can Can Kicker. But when you Google, you get the story of Anna Springle and her connections to like old. Rosicrucian stuff and and all of that, but the first pictures that pop up are all of her conne- all these connections to Anna Kingsford. Hmm. So how does Anna Kingsford fit into it? Because she's actually the founder of the Hermetic is Order of Golden Dawn, but is she the illegitimate child of Ludwig and Lola Montez, and somehow she ended up being raised? Or is that just a the story of this illegitimate child? There never was an illegitimate. There was the story of that whole 
wild romp across Europe and to America. That I Mrs. love the thought Mrs. of James Lola Montez being the biological mother of my favorite psychic <laughs> assassin. That's if that. I don't care if it's true or not. I want it to be true. I will let it be true, because. But it's also a great story that Anna Kingsford created this. This illegitimate love child of these two people just to take the heat off her. To protect herself? Except that's just not an Anna Kingsford. I've read most of her work. That just doesn't seem like something she would do. Killing a man with mind bullets, though, (laughs) (laughs) that's something she would do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, that was my, um, that was my. Friday night what exploration. What does it all mean? Doesn't mean anything. Where do we where do we do with this information? I thought it was interesting. It's a great story. It's super weird. Can you believe everything? Oh, here's the kicker. Lola Montez. Guess how old she was when she died? No idea. Thirty nine. Oh, so well, that's what things were. How things were back then. She she tore up four countries and. I don't know. That's she did a lot. Makes me kind of feel like I'm a lazy loser. Well, you know, like wars were being fought by children, because like the the average lifespan of a person was like you were dead by forty. Like forty was old age. So like these wars back then were being fought by children, and now the lifespan is so increased that now these stupid silly wars that children used to fight are now being fought by like old men it's weird yeah you're right i never thought of it that way like like we should have evolved past war because it was like a children's thing that it was a temp- temper tantrum be- temper tantrums between children yeah that's crazy that's crazy anna kingsford died at 41 uh for trying to kill Louis Pasteur, but... Right, and she was considered old, right? And she, like, had a doctorate, founded a religious society, um, had a huge collection of... um, She wrote religious fiction. She wrote cookbooks. She journaled publicly. Like, she was, like, the first person that ever got, like... um, credited for writing basic hygiene guides for people (laughs) but it's funny like when you think of hygiene and like you think of pasteurization (laughs) yeah (laughs) and 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 think too like like People just left, like, people weren't in high school till 18. True, Like, you started your life, like, at 12. Like, girls were being married off at, like, 12, 13. And so, like, life started, adulthood started in your early teens. It's weird to think of. Like, all these kings and things were, like, young, young. I'm thinking on that, because you're right. Like, war, everything, wars were being fought by children. What a mind fuck. Totally. Totally is. Well, that was a great little... Uh, what does it all mean? <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know. I just heard it for the first time. I still have to process it a little bit. Weird, huh? Yeah, it would make a great movie. 
They're intersecting lives, or one or the other, or what? Two rogue chicks? I don't know. I like the idea of this pistol pack and high kicker. <laughs> but do you like her mothering a psychic assassin? Yeah. I do, too. I do. Well, I like that story, too. The mind bullet story. That's a good one. Lightning. Lightning. We don't want to make Psychic her lightning. We don't want to make her Psychic lightning. Psychic lightning. Don't do bad things to animals. That's the moral of all of this. The ghost of AK will come for you. Well, wow, that kind of wore me out. Well, see why I told you I'm like I'm mind blown trying to even connect it all. But I don't know. These are things. I don't know. Ruminations. Ruminate on that. Ruminate.